Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 130 of What Most People Think. I'm back from a week in Dubai and yeah, I'm a prick. That's where I go now. I go to Dubai. I took some lifestyle photos for my Insta. Uh, just for, I tried to make them bad because I can't commit to these things. There was one of me on a boat. I was boasting a little bit there. But I just want to say I hope you enjoyed that wind. Just know that it made my holiday sweeter just to see exactly... I mean, it's a dream holiday to see weather so bad I mean you hope for like it to be cold you sort of think a natural disaster would be good and, and look the O2 got fucked up so that made me feel very good and and and, and with me and, and looking as she should at me at the moment for saying such awful things is Rosie Holt returning to the show welcome back to the show Rosie co-host oh wow hello thank you for having me back what an incredible honor that you're doing for free that really helps me and not you massively you, what have you, well, I mean, we've got to say like with comedians, what, you, what have you been up to? I, I, done, I did a couple of, couple of um, local radio things to plug the tour earlier, and I'd forgotten how local radio, local radio could be. So they go right back to, so the pandemic, the lockdowns, as a comedian, they sort of take you back a bit. What yeah. have you been doing? <laughs> you, you know, just been, what? I did feel like saying, wanking myself into a, oblivion, just because the... The question was so predictable, I thought I should shock her. But I didn't say that. But I'm now going to ask you the same question. Rosie, what, what are you, a comedian during a pandemic, what have you been doing? What have I been doing? I'm just, just putting silly videos online mainly, I think. But the pandemic's over now, right? It's finished. Well, we will get on to I'm glad yeah. to hear you talking like that, Rosie. Yeah. Rosie. You're, talking like, <laughs> you're talking like the woman you portray, a good sort of British <laughs> best foot forward attitude. That's what we like to hear. Um, we will we will get onto that uh, uh, later and stuff, but it's fair to say that since you were last on and people really enjoyed you being on last time, that you they've stepped up a notch and and they've bought in well bought in people you know sitting members of parliament that have been confused by yeah. reality and fiction and and so we we'll, we will talk about that in a while. Um, one thing I should say is that I had Russell Kane on last week, uh, so I recorded ahead an episode before I went away, and a few people have challenged me for not challenge him challenging him enough so I'm gonna does that mean ch- you're gonna challenge me I'm gonna challenge the shit out of oh, you no. Rosie I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh great I'm, I'm ready and uh and I know everything yes if you yeah. say one thing that's not right wing I'll be like sorry 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 Rosie <laughs> sorry, so I'm just sorry, what, can we pick that apart um look I mean I will have so I'm gonna have to just double back a second there um but yeah a healthy disagreement um will be probably as as, as deep as it gets um, so yeah, the, the sort of setup for today is as as I've reached out to you is I've been out of the country and you you got to tell me what's been going on. I don't I don't know. I've only got a sort of Twitter understanding of what's going on. I can't believe you missed the storm. That's so it's so unfair. It's so irritating. Well, tell me about the wind. Let's let's do that bit here. Tell me about the wind. What was your experience of the great winds of twenty twenty two? So the great winds of 2022, um, I was actually, that day I was very out of action. I was very um, hungover. And, yeah. uh, but it sounded intense. 
and and my my flatmate he he was gonna go to work and he couldn't leave the house and it was it it's felt a bit apocalyptic but exciting mm. so actually maybe you missed it's sad that you missed it because it was we we all everyone came together on twitter everyone got involved in big jet tv did you yeah, Did you, you got to that? unpack Big, big Jet TV so big because Big Jet TV was this guy who was just in the winds filming these planes trying to land in Heathrow, and then he'd be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that one, did you? Oh great, oh beauty!" And then more and more people were just watching it, and that was yeah. that was kind of it. But it became really addictive, and I felt like it was a really nice way of people coming together and all enjoying seeing the uh, the planes whether they were going to land or not. And sometimes they just waver in the the air for ages, and you thought, "Oh, how long is this going to take?" And then then they do it, and you felt proud of them. I mean, I, I was, if that could have gone wrong though. I mean, if a plane did crash down in a massive fireball, the whole big jet TV thing, we'd have swept swept under the carpet very quickly, wouldn't we? It would have been really sad. It would have been a really sad end to what was quite a fun little thing. <laughs> 600 souls lost their lives 400,000 bored British people and then the Big Jet guy would have been cancelled and it would have been terrible I mean Big Jet TV because I saw it trending while I was out of the country it did sound like something unsavoury do you know what I mean? No, it, it wasn't unsavoury was no but I mean like sexy sexy unsavoury yeah. like out, out of context I just thought who the hell is Big Jet Steve? <laughs> Big Jet Steve <laughs> So I just said um, there, what do we tracking when you last on we were doing the cuss count, which was tracking the swearing. We've moved on from that because um well, it just you know, people just got bored of it, frankly. And and I resisted yeah. two attempts at a coup, uh, but realised that, that even my you know, even you know like that bit in downfall where Hitler realises even his closest generals have left him. That was me with the the cuss count. I held in there as long as I could, and eventually I shot myself in the face and shot my dog. Um <laughs> nothing to do with the cuss count, just did it. Uh, but we've got now the erm curve because we're just trying to see how many erms there are from people and you know oh, no i'm going to be really bad at that i'm 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 quite inarticulate really um ah as she just be, as you also pulled out the word inarticulate so i think there's the balance off there but i mean mainly they're tracking mine but we do we do track the guest ones from the last episode uh i had one erm and nine you knows that's annoying i would say if you if if somebody had to listen to me do nine you knows you just be like Ugh. Do you know what I mean? They'd have been halfway through their do- their dog walk with their little Bichon freeze, and they'd have gone, "Fuck this guy." I think I preferred the cuss count. I think this is quite exposing. <laughs> it, yeah, it does put more pressure because the cuss count. At least you could say it was either heroic to do loads of swearsies or or pious to not. Where this uh, is just, uh, when did people pause in their thinking and fail? That's I what it think is, you it? might have made a fairly good format point here, Rosie Holt. Um, it may be that the erm curve just slowly, slowly gets pensioned off. But I mean, one of one of the great things about the erm curves, it keeps me in touch with the super VIP Patreon, who is David Domain, and he he made the point. He made because we were talking about obviously Jimmy Carr being offensive. Remember that? Remember? Be- yeah. God, that that discourse went on for a long time, didn't it? I was like, oh, it's still still trending five days in. We we had a chat about it, but he you know he makes the point about. Jimmy being offensive for years and, and why now is is particularly the time. I mean, he's been in trouble before. I think that's fair, sir. I can remember yeah. there were jokes that he said at the Paralympics or was it the Invictus Games? Um, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, I know. He, so the, the, the Invictus Games, which is sort of like the Paralympics for the armed forces. So, I mean, that is, 
you want to talk about jeopardy in a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, he's been there before. I suppose is is the point. But I take the point about the sort of level of offence archaeology. I mean, it wasn't even that on much archaeology, was it? It was in December. They didn't have to get the big old offence spades out. But he said, he said, you know, he loves the guests on the podcast, and it's meant that he's gone out to see live people like Alan Cochran, Simon Evans, and Sue Pollard. Oh. I'd, Sue hasn't been on the show. <laughs> so, so how come she's in the list? I don't know. She she been in the show in spirit. I mean, what did she do anything up? Did she was she a stand? I've got suddenly got this doubt in my mind that she was like a an early trailblazer in alternative comedy, and then she just took the Heidi High gig for the money. I, I just, I've no I've no idea. You're a lot younger than me, so I'm even thinking Heidi High is not really. Do you know? I'm just looking I know, for I have no idea. Heidi High. You don't know what that is. No, what is that? <laughs> oh my god. That's just the oldest I've felt. Do you know, I was in a writer's room recently and I was trying to use a description for just a strong man. Like, I was going, what, what do you, what's he thinking? I mean, this is all Cockneys do, he's like, or Londoners do, is you go, like, if a bloke says, oh, yeah, yeah, it's this new app, your, your mates go, what are you, Bill Gates? You know, you take it to the extreme of whatever that thing yeah. is. So I said, oh, what, what is he? What is he, Jeff Capes? And all the young people in the room just went, what? Like, like you're Jeff doing Capes. now. There you go. 80s strongman. And then I was like, what, what is it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then they were like, that's a bit dated. I was like, The Rock. All right? The Rock. The up-to-date strong bloke of recognition. That's sad as well. You had to resentfully use The Rock. Fine, I'll go there. I'll yeah. use him. I don't know if it's something about being 45, but I feel like there's a hill that I've passed the brow of. How, how old are you, Rosie, if you don't mind me asking? I'm um, 36. So it's interesting, isn't it? Like I, I got the fear then asking you, and then you, you just bit your own fist in your hand. Uh, yeah, I, I hate it. I because I mean, I'd like, I'd like people to just be like, "How old is she? Is she, uh, maybe she's in her twenties." That's that's ideally what I'd want people to think. Well, I thought you were but... a good deal younger than thirty six. Thank you. I mean, now I know that I might have to cut the podcast short. I really like women on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Maximum 31, because that still sounds young. I know, I've passed the age now. 36, yeah, well, you have to understand that you do seem young to me. Thanks. (laughs) That sounds like the shittiest thing that a husband would say, wouldn't it? If his wife was just looking for a bit of reassurance. You seem young to me. (laughs) But it's amazing, isn't it? After all this time, we've been smashing the patriarchy for a good few years now, and yet yet age is still this thing for women, Rosie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really sad. Yeah. We're on the shelf. You're not on the shelf, but is there is there an equivalence, right? If we accept that age is a different thing for men and women, maybe 36, what would be the, like, in male years? <laughs> Ma- male years, I think, for 30s, I think it is, I think it's probably 46, isn't it? I think. So we're the same career age. <laughs> we're the same age. Career-wise, we're the same age. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, and also I think it probably... Change like what I'm trying to think of what an 80 year old man, what's an 80 year old man in women years? Because I don't think it's like it changes. Yeah, it changes. I think you're absolutely right. It changes over time because 80 year old man's like a 95 year old woman. Yeah. Something changes. I think it's around about the age of 65. Do you notice how blokes just sort of become a bit defeated in their mid 60s, and even guys that have been right big patriarchal. You know, real patrons of their family. They're just something, something, like the last bit of testosterone just drifts away down the plug hole. 
so do you think it's like the the menopause for men but it's a kind of sadness as opposed to a chemical um change the sadder pause um, I've got some new patrons, some VIP patrons. So as usual, we take the piss out of their names. Fred Ford, I think that sounds like a very fat but darts player. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Andy Ford. God, God rest his soul, he's not with us anymore. Um, Fred Ford, so but he still sounds like a darts player. <laughs> Even I think it's a great name though. It's like far, it's like fun and fast. It's Fred Ford. Well, that comes from the alliteration. We talk a lot about this podcast. I mean, R- Rosie Holt. I mean, is. Holt's a really cool surname, I think. And Rosie's a really great first name. It, it, when you say your name, both of them, you have to pause a bit, Rosie Holt. It's sort of, in, you have to stop. <laughs> yeah, you have to halt. Like, if yeah. your name was Rosie Richardson, then you'd be, well, that's like weather girl name, isn't it? Yeah, so true. On GMB. <laughs> <laughs> and now with the weather, it's Rosie Richardson. <laughs> There's a, there's a character for the sketch show we will one day one day do like a really a, a really politically biased um, weather girl who tries to sort of infer things with her weather predictions. Oh, I really like that. That'd be great. Bitter, angry, and just just so clearly biased, and everyone was really freaked out after every one of her forecasts, <laughs> where she says there'll be a, a, a wave of ennui coming. No, Rosie, they, you can't have ennui in the weather. It's not a thing. Coming over Westminster because Boris is still fucking in power. You go, all right, Rosie. This is not part of the BBC remit. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this. Uh, we got Mark Strengths. That is. Uh, Str- Mark- How do you spell strengths? S T R E N T Z. Mark Strengths. Strengths. Mark Strengths. Yeah, that's, he sounds like a, a, a muscular centre forward for Bayern Munich. That's exactly what he sounds like. Yeah, Mark Strength scored in the 15th minute with a powerful header. And obviously the commentator was an SS officer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got another VIP patron. We all get read out at the top of the show. It's part of the VIP thing that I do. Uh, Henry Piney. I like it. I think it's sweet. See, I Henry bet you like... Piney. I bet you like guys like that, don't you? Like just soft, fluffy sounding guys. Yeah, lovely. With lovely, lovely names for lovely men. With nice jumpers. Yeah. That you steal. And then they say their names quite apologetically. And they go, oh, I know it's a bit... And you go, no, it's lovely. Well, if we're speculating, I think that if you've got the name Henry Piney, you've probably been called Whiny Piney, like <laughs> at school. So he's probably had to fight his way out of a few things. I mean, the yeah. great thing would be, right, is if, if this was a rom-com and you met Henry Piney and you'd made those presumptions, but then he's manly as fuck. Like, he actually makes the name work for him, right? Like, the woman's all surprised at how masculine Henry Piney is. And initially, I'm thinking, no, this is not what I wanted from Henry Piney. But then I learned to appreciate who Henry Piney is. And I think, yeah, this is is right. This is, why didn't I see this before? Why was I so prejudiced against his name and what I thought it would be? And then we get married. Women always have to be confounded in rom-coms. Like, you know that thing you thought? You're fucking wrong about that. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, idiot. Look, this is what you want, love. That's essentially the point about most rom-coms. But I think that the twist in this one would be that just when you kind of realised how wrong you were, he then starts to open up his soft side and you're like, oh my God, such a dweeb. Well, and then I'm revolted. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Go back. Go yeah. back to what you were, Henry Piney. Hide it. Repress it. Repress that soft side. 
Push it down, get a few hernias, yeah. die young. Okay, we are going to be talking about a couple of subjects. So I think we'll, we'll keep it to a couple of subjects because we, we had a good old chat at the top here, as I thought we would, which is nice. Um, is We're going to talk about lifting of restrictions. Glory glory be to Boris. Um, I'm sure Rosie will be fully on side with that sentiment. Uh, we might uh, answer the question, what the fuck is going on in Canada? Um, and then I think we, and then we will talk about uh, talk more about your clips and stuff like that. I don't really need to lay all of this out for the audience. I'm just trying to get back in the hot seat myself. But before we, we move on, we as traditional, was a format point, a thank you and a fuck you. Have you got something you're grateful for, Rosie? Um, I, how do you say it without being wanky? I guess I'm grateful for my family. So I'm lucky. I'm, I've got a big family. I'm one of um, five and uh, we're all very close. And, um, and I and they all have diff, differing opinions on things, so they're quite good to ring when I'm <laughs> when I'm having existential crises. And I'm happy for that. I'm grateful. So for that's that. five five siblings. Yeah, well, I'm one of five. Yeah, so three brothers and one sister. Can I guess where where you are when you where yeah. where you were born? I think you were born third or fourth. Yes, I was born fourth. That is right. Yeah. I can't tell you how I know that. Do you know I've got a real skill of telling where people were born. I cannot give away my secret. Really? Yeah. That's so impressive. It's like a magic trick. What an amazing but useless skill. <laughs> well, it, it sort of um, it sort of briefly intrigues people, and then they realise what you realise very quickly because obviously you're a comic that is fucking pointless. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple uh, the brothers older. Two of the brothers are older, right? Yeah, that's them. Uh, so my, I've got a younger brother, and then it's me, and then it's my sister, and then my my brothers who are twins were at the top. Um, so I got that right as well. That two of the three brothers were older, yeah. but you're still not interested as no. to. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm really <laughs> impressed. I just, I just hit it. You, you. At one point, I'm really hoping that you're just going to text me tomorrow and go, "Look, seriously, how the fuck did you know?" I mean, it's like if David David Blaine, you know those things where he makes like cards appear on tube trains and that. This is yeah. so far down the road of irrelevance compared to that. Just like <laughs> a bloke going up to people in the street going, you got any brothers and sisters? They go, yeah, okay, free. <laughs> You're the middle one. Uh, well, yeah, and it's, yeah, there you go. But, but if you did that and people reacted like it was David Blaine doing the card trick, so like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> Fucking dude, like people with their heads on their, their hands on the temples of <laughs> their mind heads. Mind blown! Shit, yeah. shit. And then, and then one lad in a hoodie just goes, he needs to go for a walk. You know when the young lads do that? Because yeah. they're just so blown. Like, fuck, you know what I mean? And then they walk quite far. You think, all right, mate, it wasn't that good. Um, my, my fuck you is to the admin involved in going on holiday. Now, you might think, that if you go on holiday in the middle of a pandemic, because there are some people that still use the phrase middle of a pandemic, that there's going to be some admin. But my God, my God, have you flown at all during this these testing yeah, times? Yeah, I'm with you. The admin's horrible. It's so rubbish. And and just the, the and also because it's so hard just working out what you need and what yeah. you're allowed. You keep sending you to different links. And then I hadn't realised, I went, I basically, where did I, I went to France and I came back and, and then you had to take a test before you left the country and then one when you came back and it was all just, it's all just boring and messy and you're not really sure if you're doing the right thing. And, and also hard to, um, to work out how things cross relate. So like the NHS thing, I mean, I probably, having had the jabs, I should have had the, the app already by now, but I, just, I still had the paper one, like some sort, <laughs> like my dad would have had if he'd still been around. Yeah, that is, that is exactly what my parents would do. 
We've printed it out. Oh, there was a lot of printouts at the airport. Because I sort of thought you've got to get it all done electronically, right? So yeah. now British Airways, they use this app called Verify, which you can sort of do it all electronically in advance. So you don't have to go through the paperwork thing. And you think, well, this I'll feel so happy by the time I get to the airport because I've done the work in advance. I get the little QR codes. And trust me, all of this process was a bastard anyway, just working out how things related to yeah. that. The truth of the matter is, is I think how stressed I was by the time I got to the airport, just being ready to be at the airport, I don't think it was fucking worth it. I'd rather just just printed off some stuff and just pushed it at some person behind the counter and gone, stuff, mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can't, I can't, as you know, a, a conscientious father of a, a person and a husband, I can't set off to the airport with any doubt that I'll be able to get my family home. No, isn't that horrible? You're like in charge of people. It's not just it's not just you. You've got to do horrible admin and other people could could be the fallout from you doing the admin role. And That's the horrible. I mean not to <laughs> catastrophize, but the loss of respect forever from my son. Is that yeah. maybe forever? Yeah. And he <laughs> years ago, my my dad. He's not a man. But this failed is failed at the airport. This is these things haunt me. You know why? Because he still remembers. There was once when, um, when he was three, his first memory is that I put a dead old floor wipe down the toilet and got told off by mummy. <laughs> still brings it up. And also, so face masks, the fact that you still have to wear them on planes, I just, I, 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 for all the pandemic, I wasn't a nose out prick. Yeah, but have you become a nose out prick? I have become a nose out prick. No. Do you know, it's no. my act of rebellion because... When you're on a plane, we all know deep down that the air is circulating and it makes no fucking difference whatsoever. So I made a calculation that the, the improvement to my well-being, just from having the nose out, because it does change yeah. things. I don't know why. It just yeah, it is a lot also, better. It's, it's, a, it's a long flight as well, isn't it? You just think, I'll just expose my nose a bit. Who's going to know? Who's going to see? Well, you can, because you can always get away with it, can't you? Because they sort of say all that and it's just a very quick thing. You've got your mask yeah. on your face. For the whole pandemic, I was kind of like, either don't wear them at all or wear them over your nose. I was like that. But I'm a nose out prick. I've become that guy. Wow. And it is mainly men, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. I was. I always remember the picture of Jeremy Corbyn. Do you remember the picture of Jeremy Corbyn with his, he was extremely nose out. Uh, he'd, he'd always wear a mask and people pounced on it, but it, it's a very defining image for me of the uh, the masks and the pandemic. So you see, you people on the centre left of the Labour Party, you're obsessed with Corbyn. You got you you got your win. Why can't you just leave the little deluded, stupid socialist alone? Um, okay, right. We're going to get into the first main subject, which is the lifting of restrictions. So, Rosie, I've just arrived back in Britain. Obviously, I wasn't at all on social media while I was out there because that's what I promised my wife. What What's happening? What, where are we at? Um, I feel I should know better, but isn't it? Isn't it? Aren't they getting rid of all restrictions now? Isn't Boris saying we're done? You're damn right, Rosie. I fooled you. I did know. I just wanted to hear you say it. We are hurrah. We are no masks, no no tests, no nothing. 
I don't know if it's hurrah, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. I'm not sure it's great. What you mean? We have a slight disagreement, <laughs> which might help with the tone of debate and provide entertainment. All right, well, let's go for it one by one. So the, probably the most controversial, I would argue, is is the end of the need to stay at home if you if you uh, test positive, right? So yeah. is that the one that makes you most uneasy? Yeah, it does. It does a little. On the one hand, I think, I don't know, because I'm, I'm not completely um, on one side or the other here, but I, I do feel that um, it seems a bit crazy to me that if someone has COVID and they say... Oh, you can no, you you can go and work. You don't have to isolate anymore. It's so contagious that people are going to go to work and, and give it to everyone. I mean, that to mm. me sounds that sounds to me a bit insane. I do think that, of course, we need to move on and we need to cut down on um, isolation. But the fact that there's now nothing sounds mm. mad. I think. Um. Yeah. I mean. When do you think, what would be the criteria, do you think, for moving to that then? What, in terms of numbers, what point in time would you think that would be feasible? Oh, I don't know. Be honest, is your brain going never? Well, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, because I'm also, I'm also not going, I don't, you know, I, I think things do have to move on and we can't stay where yeah. we are. But I, I know, for example, I've got, um, you know, I've got a friend who is... Um, who's 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 very ill and mm. for the whole of the pandemic um she's she's had to she's basically been in lockdown phase mm. one for the last two years and it's so miserable and and I just think of vulnerable people like that and the idea of having no restrictions and nothing protecting them makes me nervous I think I think that's it I think that it's yes totally you know, fair to, to be worried on behalf of those people. I suppose there's been, I guess my thing is there's just been a lot, of, the moment that Omicron clearly didn't give a massive amount of fucks about what we did, in a way was liberating. You go, don't care about masks. Then you hear about people getting Omicron that hadn't really been out as well. So either they're yeah. liars, either they're liars with secret social lives. Um, so I think they're I, liars with secret social lives. <laughs> I, I never heard about what, what people saying. I I've just been sitting at home and I and I got it. Is that what is that what was happening? Uh, yeah. Well, that did seem to start happening with people that weren't out much at all. And then obviously the Queen's got it, and she's pretty w- well shielded. <laughs> she? Yeah, she's. Who's she hanging out with? She well, doing? she but she's kind of like you know social this. You can't you can't touch her. You know they, they know how old she is and stuff like that. So in a way, I think the way I sort of saw it was that Omicron. One was that it's a mild one and you get immunity, which just felt like a great supermarket special offer. Is yeah. all the immunity, none of the symptoms, and pay nothing till 2030. Like a sofa deal sort of level. Uh, Do you get immunity, though? I mean... I know you get I've, some natural I, immunity. But I've but it only lasts for a bit, doesn't it? I've had, I've had COVID twice now. It's mm. really annoying. Where's my immunity? I don't know. But you've had... Well, yeah, but then, right. but then that sort of strains. I'm collecting them. It, it does beg the question that if if having it, um, if being triple jabbed and and all this stuff isn't in, enough, that's that's my worry. Is is what all right? What is the threshold then for things getting back totally back to normal? Because the argument at the beginning of last year was all like get the vaccine, trust the science, and and people really bought into that. It was a massively successful yeah. and a positive thing, I think. And then the problem is, is it does seem like a lot of the people that were pushing that 
line but then like well no it's not we go well that that then that stuff starts to seem like an anti-science because yeah and i I kind of mean because also i think that a a lot of the idea of lockdown and and i was very pro lockdown was because we hadn't had the vaccine yet and it was like well we need to protect people because there's none of that protection but Mm. we're in a different place now because now there you know as you say people are triple jabbed and everything like that and and so there isn't the the idea of going back into lockdown. Also, the idea of going back into lockdown anyway is just so um, horrific. I feel like we've, we've got so depressing. I think we would see such a difference in human behaviour if there was a fourth one. I mean, literally, yeah. like people daubing words in shit on their roofs and stuff. What most people What about ending a free test? I'll be honest, right? The LFTs. There's a certain kind of person that that became so much part of their routine, like. LFT, got my keys, that is the front door lock, do another LFT just because I might have caught COVID in the two minutes. I just, what was so weird was it came from the same people that seemed to be going, well, 37 billion for tests and trace, and that was a joke. And then you go, I think you've done a billion worth of LFTs yourself this year. (laughs) (laughs) So the free tests, right? I I, I find it weird that... I would have thought that they would still be free to the vulnerable and over 80s. I mean, a lot of this stuff is being decided today and tonight while we're talking. So by the time yeah. this goes up, it will be decided. Um, what, what about that? Do, do you know, I mean, have you got a bit LFT happy? Have you gone a bit? Um, I have, my my flatmate has. So there's always like loads, there's always loads of tests everywhere. Yeah. Which is useful. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's funny anyway. Like just normal people, how how they've kind of reacted to the pandemic and how different people different people are. Mm. Meet with certain friends and they go, "No, I can't. Um, we, we we can't go in there. We have to go somewhere where there's sort of two chairs apart." And then yes. I had this thing where I was meeting two friends, and the other one was like, "What's wrong with you? It's fine. Get over yourself." And there was this weird aggression on both sides that I yeah. thought is now completely now part of our life where people are just aggressive about their particular stances even if it's not you know about wearing a mask or not even if it's kind of on a lower level on just what you're comfortable with I think yeah I do think it drew that side out out in people I think that the issues that the people that were like I'll just get on with it that that appeals to me more but just because it involves public life and a social life that's my that you you sort of go well are they more fun as people maybe not but their decision involves the possibility of fun yeah (laughs) you know it doesn't kind of rule it out i mean i suppose what it's brought out for all of us it's leached it out from under the surface like one of these you know like these suction candle cup things that you get at the the progressive treatment center that get all your toxins out right what's brought to the surface is how we feel about risk generally i think if you were so, if you go from risk aversion, this is another format point today we're doing with the male years. Uh, you go from naught is you don't give a shit about anything, okay, no mask, no test, you know, you're just complete libertarian. To ten, you're double masked and you're LFTing uh, on the way from the kitchen to the bathroom and back again. Yeah, and you're saying, oh, oh, sorry, are you coming round? Can you can you do can you do a test please before you? Before yeah, you I rest? just prefer it if you did and, you, and another one uh before you oh don't know wait hang on don't hug me yet can you just if you, go in the other room and do an lft have you had that i've had that if you cough i will put you in a fucking headlock and throw you out of my house i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll, I'll try and not be too aggressive with it but i do have to follow the rules and i will have to throw you out and you are yeah. trying to kill my family 
My granny is upstairs. She is coming down later. Why do you hate granny? What has she done to you? Yeah, I mean, so we got that person at number 10. I already know who's annoyed me most out of these two things, but that's my view. Where are you in that? Pick a a point on that. Well, I'd say I'm in... Because I I, I also find the people who are like, no mask, fuck it all. I find them really irritating as well. Mm. It's just... It's just inconsiderate and rude. I mean, there are people who are so nervous about it. Just put a a piece of cloth on your face. It's fine. Um, I think I'm probably in the middle. Or or no, I'm like, what? I'm like seven. I reckon I'm seven. Seven? Oh, that's quite... That's more towards the crazy woman than I thought. I I don't know. Now I'm doubting myself. Six, six point five. No, seven, seven, six point, six, six point eight. <laughs> See, well, I, I would go probably a four in the other direction. Yeah. So not, you know, not as rock and roll as I'd like to think of myself as. I mean, like in the first lockdown, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a fucking rebel. I'm going to admit that I broke a couple of rules, all right? Okay. I, I hereby, in the language of the anti-vaxxers, I hereby absolve Rosie Hull from any legal responsibility therein for the revelations for which I'm about to discloseth. Because they always do weird Shakespearean English. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll say it. During the first lockdown, I sometimes took the dog out for a second walk. Yeah, I think that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but I also do want to kill people's grandparents. So that's my problem, is that if once they found out that about me... Then they, they go, oh, but he also wants to kill the old people. Yeah, and, and also the yeah. fact that the dog was alight and burning COVID like an incense thing around the... Yeah, that state. makes it a problematic dog. <laughs> a dead dog, in many ways. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the mask, so I was, I was doing a bit of research. I mean, it's the first thing I've ever researched for this show. But a professor of medicine at Oxford University says masks didn't really help with Omicron, right? And while they probably reduced transmission, okay, it feels like that did help then, they could yeah. not pre- prevent it. I've always felt with masks, right, and this has been a very weird thing that we've never actually come to a definitive answer of, does thing on face stop thing getting out of mouth, right? Which you'd think that it would, instinctively, but I just, I've always thought that if you're in in a space with people for any more than about 10 minutes, it's pretty fucking pointless. I know, I think think if you're, um, but it feels like that, I mean, that's why you kind of got this crazy, well, if you go into... You know, there was that point when you'd go into bars and you'd, you'd have to wear a mask until you were sitting down um, mm. at, at, a, at a table. And that feels a bit um, fruitless. But, yeah, I know what you mean. I think, I, But I think I, I also think maybe that's why I got <laughs> COVID the second time. Because I went to a bar and I was like, that's oh, fine, I've been here now for, um, for a few you're, minutes. You've been too hard on yourself, I think. I think the hangover mixed with a general sense of... Self-reproach. Um, here's something that I would say to you that you might not like. Okay, so you are okay. obviously you 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 hate Boris. I mean, we probably share a view that he shouldn't be prime minister. Yeah, we we can start from that point. Not not a lover of Brexit. No, not not in a big way. Not <laughs> not in a small way either. Um, but I know the Remainers love to say that we're a laughing stock, right? They they sort yeah. of go to BDSM clubs where people just reassure each other that we're a laughing stock all around the world. Every day, people get up all around the world and st- they schedule in a bit of laughing at Britain. That's what we do. We schedule it in. They just, it, from France to Haiti, they get up and go, oh yeah, Britain's a mess. And then they laugh for a minimum of 15 <laughs> minutes. Well, How did you know? 
Well, I know that Romanians do need to think this. It's part of how they get up in the morning. It's <laughs> how we work. <laughs> and, you know, it, the country's gone to the dogs. I despair is another one. Despairing is... is Words that conservatives used to say when I was a kid now, weirdly, the liberal left have really taken... Well, I was out of the country last week and I, I met and spoke with people from a lot of countries and I don't think we are as much of a laughing stock anymore because of the COVID thing. Because, really? Well, because of how we're ending it, you see. So at the beginning, a lot of things wrong with COVID. Vaccination rollout, very good. Yes, also NHS, but overall good. And then first out... A lot of people seem quite jealous of what Britain is doing. Yeah. What because we well, yeah, I don't know, maybe. What they what they're they're like they've escaped, they're free from COVID. It's all plain sailing for them now. They seem to think I, I spoke to people from lots of different places and, and almost all of them on some level were and bear in mind they're people roughly of my age who were also on holiday. So yeah. quite clearly, sample size, not you know, people like, they're not people like me politically, but they were also people who had left the country whilst the pandemic was still technically happening. Uh, and yeah, they just seemed to think it was a, a, a good thing. They didn't seem as exercised about Partygate as I thought I might find them. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. They, because you do kind of think, don't you, when you, you think the whole world are laughing at us. They're yeah. all laughing. All right, let, let's go here another one. This is, this is really tense. People can feel this. Anger, but one of us is on the verge of storming off, I think. But is Brexit a disaster? I think it. I think it. I, I'm. I'm worried now because I feel like you're going to press me on things about Brexit. And I, no, um, no, no. I just thought I it'd be fun say. with with two people that aren't looking to be dicks to each other. I thought it'd be interesting to have this. It chat. seems to me to be quite disastrous. Yes, mm. I think so. I think there are um, things about it which, but I, I don't know. There's just. Yeah, it seems to me to be a disaster. I'm not going to expand on that. It's what... Because I've seen the word disaster, especially of the last six months. You know, the, the kind of was Brexit a bad idea thing goes up and down. So last yeah. year when, when the EU were shit in the bed, it, it went down and actually people thought we were right to leave the EU. There's, it's fair to say it's been a long period where there's quite a clear majority that now think it was the wrong decision. But that... What I wonder is... What what are the disastrous things? Because some of the stuff that we felt, as usual being British, it was only happening to us, like supply line things turned out is happening yeah. in America. Inflation turns out we're not even close to being the worst in Europe. What, like, the you know, the amount of admin that businesses have got, I would agree is disastrous. But I suppose what I'm getting at is if the long run thing is to say it has been a disaster and at some point we rejoin, what are those things? And is it, this is a really poor argument from a Brexiteer, is the disaster as disastrous as was, was predicted? So, i.e., you might have a point, but it's not as bad as what they were saying before. They were saying we'd all be in pigeon, there'd be no medicine. Well, it just turns out we've got loads of fucking admin. You thought it'd be apocalyptic. Actually, it's just loads of paperwork forever and ever. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, yeah. I would, I, what I've come to realise, and, and in the process of trying to be more conciliatory, is that for people to not be able to live and work in Europe easily, that is a big... It's a huge thing, right? That, that to me, of all things, is the most compelling thing. When people mention that, I sort of shut the fuck up, you know. But, but like, you still can go to Europe and stuff. And, I mean, what would be interesting, right, this might be a pressure point, is when we have those first big passport queues in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's the <laughs> most British people will regret voting for Brexit? <laughs> yeah, we're the long queues. It'll be but long... There's... 
I, I mean, it's not just that though, is it? It's, I've got um, I've got a friend who is is engaged to be married to a, an Italian, and they've had a nightmare because of, and they they couldn't get over how difficult it was, and and the um the immigration lawyer was like, I, I don't think people realise how much Brexit has changed things in in cases like this, so. She's ended up going to live in Italy because it just it just couldn't work with him living over here. He wouldn't be able to work and they'd have to get a spousal visa, which runs out after a few years. So there's all these kind of extra things which just mm. seem to make life a lot more difficult and complicated for people. And then and that's not even talking about kind of the bigger scale, like the the, the fish. Like, don't, forget, don't forget the fish, Jeff. Well, the we French all fish. I think we all claim to be more concerned about fish at various times than we actually were. So with Brexiteers, it was in the run-up, we were like, we need our fish back for fuck, give us the fish. And then when the deal was clearly not very good on that front, then Romanians were like, well, the fish are fucked. And then suddenly <laughs> they cared about fish. I, I care about the fish. You, so you're currently pro-fish. <laughs> I am really pro-fish, yeah. Well, I think maybe one of the reasons that the feeling of disaster, does it also perhaps come from... The fact that the government, during the time that some of this stuff has happened, is that yeah. we also have chaotic figures at the heart of government. So it feels disastrous, right? Well, also, it doesn't help, does it, that Boris basically, the, for, a, I, I, for ages before we had Boris in power, there was this sort of fear are we going to, what kind of deal are we going to go? Are we going to have a, um, you know, a hard Brexit or a soft Brexit? Is there going to be no deal? And then um, I think Boris sort of bulldozed ahead and one you know in one way people were going oh he got brexit done but there's a lot of worry about how he, how he got brexit done has he got it mm. done by just bypassing a lot of the problems and making things you know a lot a lot worse i'm really i'm really noticing when i say you know now and um <laughs> well no no i do you know yeah. what? i think we've had a little brexit chat there and we didn't end up hating each other i think that's yeah. quite quite an achievement so i was sort of thinking before that happened, maybe we just take the win. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And go and say that Brexit is actually all right. So, moving no, on. No. Sub- yeah. So, we're going to talk about Canada, perhaps. I, I think, look, I think I've only really got one point to make about Canada. Is, look, while I was away, I mean, fucking what's happened there? It's gone full Hunger Games, isn't it? What, yeah, it's what's... gone really mad. I think also, do you know what's interesting is I wasn't... Um... Because I think sometimes you have to be careful, don't you, when you the kind mm. of political groups you're sort of, uh, you know, you lean towards. So obviously I'm left-leaning. And um, if you're not reading about it, you kind of make assumptions based on what, yeah. what people are, are tweeting on, on your side. And, and then it was only when I was kind of... Um, so I was thinking, oh, well, you've got these um, anti-vaxxer truckers and whatever. And then you sort of... I was reading about it over the weekend. And you go, actually, this is really, this is really quite worrying and bad and what's Trudeau up to and there's a and there's a weird idea of um uh I don't know how we are we are we ignoring the fact that this is happening on the left because we don't agree with the anti-vaxxers like they're still having their rights taken away right it's just well let's change say the truckers were not largely fat men um if they weren't fat kind of white guys of a certain age and were just funky young people like, is it, does that affect what we think is happening here? Because we're now very used to thinking of predominantly white men in their mid-50s being right-wing and, and 
you know, malevolent in intent and stuff like that. And you're, and you're right in a way. Like, I, I've no doubt that there are far right elements somewhere in this, yeah. you know, QAnon-y type people. But the the scale of, of incursion into civil liberties there is so profound that, that I think it's very easy, isn't it, if you're a government to just go... Like he did. I mean, he did that thing that Hillary did was basically saying, you know, these Trump yeah, he guys. Kind of said they're deplorable. And that yeah. just never works. It's like saying Brexit no. voters, stupid and racist, Tory voters, selfish and evil. Like, and it happens with the left too. Just dismiss people as fucking do gooders. You know, it alienates people and it entrenches them in their positions. And 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 like he he did it. And I, he whenever I look at him, I think it reminds me of something that we will know, working in entertainment, is that the more liberal and good looking a man is, the more dangerous. He is right. What because yeah, because people. I I think you're right in a way, but I think people give him a lot of um because it was a, it's a it's a surprise right when you go hang yeah. hang on I'm not sure what he's doing is uh is above board. You go he's got such a nice face. He, I mean <laughs> how can the fucking like drummer from NSYNC and I know they didn't have a drummer but that is who he would be if there was a position in the band. The drummer from NSYNC be sort of instituting the world's first woke dictatorship. How has that happened? And he's and he's just pleading. I just I just I'm like you know he when he's under pressure he just sort of says like it's it's anti-feminist you know like he's a yeah. bit then he goes a bit David Brennan like this transphobic like sorry Justin okay I, I I'm gonna take it that the Ottawa truckers whatever they are aren't currently focusing too squarely on the trans issues. Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of attaching that. I think that was when he. Um, I can't remember the exact words he used, but he basically said sort of anti-Semitic, transphobic, homophobic. Yeah. And it was just sort of attaching loads of buzzwords to kind of defend... When you're going, that's not... That, why Why are you trying to put all, all the bad things together and going, that's what the trackers are? He was sort of dropping insults. So, I remember when I first started doing MASH Report, like, people basically thought, this guy, is, I don't want him anywhere near this. So what I'll do is I'll just say loads of words that that should get someone off air. So, like, yeah. you know, it, so they would say, like, racist, transphobic, like, uh, misogynistic. And they just, just go through. And it, and, and the way that, it, that Trudeau says these things, this kind of puppy dog expression, like, these are these are bad people. You're like, uh, you're a prime minister. These are nuanced issues, you know. I mean, yeah. not, not obviously in terms of race, but in terms of, like, civil liberties. There is there is a far right mandate element in there somewhere. They have tried to kind of coin, you know, in a kind of uh, aping the Trump thing of make Canada great again. I'm going to say of all the great agains, that's the worst I've heard. Make Canada great at last. <laughs> make Canada great for a laugh. Make just see if it's possible to make Canada great. I did really like your tweet this morning about how we never, was it this morning about how you never thought it would come from Canada. Yeah, be honest, in the sweepstake of who's going to be a bit Hunger Games, no one had Canada. But being Twitter, of course, and this is where I'm happily to criticise men, I had loads of guys, it's actually quite funny, they're going, sorry, if it was a sweepstake, then um, you wouldn't actually choose what you had. And just, oh, fucking hell, lads. <laughs> So just a quick hype here. We've got a few more patrons there. Keenan Bryan, who just sounds good looking. I don't know why. That's a really good looking no, I, name. That's, that's what I... Do you know what? I felt that as soon as you said it. <laughs> good looking Keen. James McConnon. I mean, if they're going out on the pool together as two lads, could I be a third wingman of playing with three wings? Does it work? I'd still, I'd still go. I'll be the tail. 
just <laughs> in, in a lot of situations. What, is, what does that involve? Uh, I think it was sexual. I think I was realising okay, that. Okay, cool. I was like, we don't even need girls to come over, right? That's, um, Oscar Capel Beeble. I just don't think that's a real name, I have to say. Oscar Capel Beeble. That sounds like a fucking, um, you know, on planes where, you know, like the, the, the thing, Oscar Capel Beeble, like that. Is that yeah. your call sign? Are you in a fucking Spitfire pilot or something? Or it sounds like someone who's trying to think of a, a made up name on the spot and it panics halfway through. Oscar Capel. Oscar Yeah, just random name generator. Yeah. Oscar Capel. Well, OKK. I mean, if if it was like a, if the first name began with a K, there, I think maybe I was being funded from dark means. But maybe that's what this is. Maybe these are all made up names, and I'm actually being funded by Russia. <laughs> but just just well, actually, Russia's not all bad, you see. Well, just as a point, actually, they have got a point about NATO. Um, Fraser, <laughs> Fraser Beatty, uh, but we should, we should, we should bomb them. Uh, Fraser Beatty, uh, Fraser Beatty, you're nice, Fraser. I imagine a bit stooped, Fraser. Why? Why is he stooped? Because he's just so nice. He's like your man, Chris Piney. No. Whiny he's Piney. He's one of those, like, really tall people who kind of, like, bend down to accommodate Do you know him. what? In the rom-com, so you know when Whiny Piney goes back to be a whiny, and yeah. he used the central character, Fraser Beatty, suddenly he stands up to his full thing and you go... He swoops in and I go, oh, he was there all along. I just didn't Fraser. see because he was stooped so low. Yeah, like he's, he's, yeah. So he's now the modern equivalent of the girl who shakes her hair loose. He stands up to his full height and, um, yeah, you get married. And then it has one of those montages at the end where it shows them with kids. Always on the fucking sand, though, aren't they? The mum and the dad and yeah, then the little right. kid. Yeah, you're right, they're always on the sand, yeah. Do you know what they yeah, should do? And then, and then they should go really dark. Like they should show like their life through the kids, but then they should show it going bad again. And then maybe like one of the parents like taking drugs or something. And like, no. but, but while while all the happy music is playing at the end of film montage, and some people are just leaving the cinema going, so, "Have you seen what's happening with this fucking end of credits montage? It's got really dark there." <laughs> oh, she's she's dead. Oh Jesus. Um, so the tour goes to uh, Wellingborough on the 9th of March. That's a Wednesday, Wellingborough in Northamptonshire. 11th of March, I'm in Taunton. 12th, still down in the West Country in Plymouth. Then the 19th of March, I'm at New Brighton, which is basically well, basically Liverpool. It's all the fucking same, isn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, 26th uh, is Lincoln. Uh, the 27th of March, I'm in Huddersfield. Then the 2nd of April, I'm in Portsmouth at New Theatre Royal. 7th of May, I'm in Ipswich. And then there's the new dates in May, uh, Spalding. Huntingdon, Glasgow, and then the absolute big one at the end. New Wimbledon Theatre, the Mecca. You see, Rosie, you know, all these comics with their fucking Apollo. Oh, I'm doing a day of the Apollo or the fucking Bloomsbury Arsewipe. I'm going to the new Wimbledon Theatre. Yeah, new Wimbledon Theatre. <laughs> On a Sunday. Yeah, where we're all the greats, all the Christopher Biggins and Shane Ritchie most recently. <laughs> So, Rosie, we touched briefly there about what's been happening with your comedy. So when we first spoke to you, you you'd had these breakout hits and all, you know, like they were yeah. doing, and the numbers continued to do incredible, incredible numbers, even bigger than before. But one thing I think that's, that's worth sort of sharing with people who aren't already aware is how some of them have now started to fall MPs. So could you just give us a quick kind of catch up on what's happened with some of your recent clips? Yeah, so I, I, before Christmas, I started doing... I think when, when Partygate was happening, I started doing these videos where I kind of spliced together uh, interviews with um, politicians. But So I'd, I'd keep the, the, whoever was doing the interviews and I'd just put yeah. myself in there being the MP. 
and um, a lot of people would think it was real and get very exercised about this about this awful MP who was just and and the MP would sort of be um, one of those MPs that you see who kind of is trying to uh, knows they're talking rubbish but will def- defend anything so yeah so, so sort of saying you know and I, well I can't possibly say whether I was at the party until Sue Gray tells me otherwise how how will I know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I got um I got some MP. The, I I put up one two weeks ago, and I had an MP from Labour and one from SNP who both tweeted quote tweeted it saying this person this MP is outrageous. <laughs> well, I mean that's interesting because you're doing like basically what a satirist should do is like you you are lampooning these MPs, which are the higher part, party go. We're having to say some ridiculous things, you know. Yeah. Well, they didn't have to, but they chose to. Uh, and then you've got, uh, you know, left-wing MPs that are so are so kind of hungry to believe that the Tories... This is what I think the left sometimes do. It's like, let the Tories be as bad as they're being, but then you get this overreach where they could actually credit that you were a real politician. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just so ridiculous. You just And also because that particular video ended up with me going... This rat isn't going anywhere, and I thought I—I I, I mean, <laughs> the fact that they were watching that, going, "Ah, oh, this terrible MP saying <laughs> this, referring herself as a rat who won't leave the sinking ship." Um, it's just—it's it, extraordinary that um, it's as you say, it's kind of this eagerness to join on the bandwagon and show yourself to be on the right, the right side. Um, and then you know, a few people comment saying, "Oh no, she's she's a comedian," and, and then they just delete—they just delete the tweet. It's so embarrassing, so, isn't it? It's like, just yeah, at least they can't acknowledge it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, um, a lot of people made fun of the. I did this one um, about a month ago that that oh, an ex Richard Bolton. Why have I suddenly forgotten his name? Is that him? The ex UP UKIP leader. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Henry real. Bolton. Henry Bolton. Yeah, and then a lot of people was it? Is it Henry Bolton? Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people kind of you know mocked him for thinking it was real but then he at least he kind of kept it up which I kind of respected because a lot you know a lot of other figures who kind of get on the left and get caught out they'll just delete it and on the right but he sort of at least sort of went oh yeah I I um I thought it was real he just kept but then you could just say surely you just say well look yeah obviously I thought it was real because that's the kind of nonsense that we're being fed yeah on a daily basis, you know, but fair play to 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 Rosie. I see even Nadine Doris um, tipped her hat to you and made a slightly jokey aside comment to you. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know how to respond to that because. So what did she say? Just explain to us what she said. I just did a stupid because people kept tagging me in videos of her, um, and so I just tweeted. So I just tweeted myself in a blonde wig, going, "Oh yeah, surprise! I am Nadine Doris, or something along those lines." So they're tweeting then, you to say, oh, look, this character that you do, what's well, happening in real life, that, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then so and, she um, said... She responded with something something like, oh, Rosie, you'll have to work a bit harder to look 65. Or it's quite a nice, it's quite a nice it, tweet. It was a nice tweet, but she's also going, I'm 65 and I look like this. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> she, does look well for, she does look well for 65. I mean... You do wonder sometimes, I mean, that, that bizarre interview that she had with Krishna and Guru Murphy, you go, yeah. you know, they used to say that Trump would do weird stuff just to pull focus. You go, she must know that this is going so strangely. She is, that's the thing. I don't, I think she's kind of, um, you know, when people say oh, you should parody her, I think she's too, she's too far. You can't really, because she's like a comedy character. She is a comedy mm. character, really. You can't really do anything more with her. If, I mean, 
Do you know what I mean? No, I, th- I think you're right. And I think that the, the Tory MPs, that I think the funniest Tory MP for a while has been Helen Waitley, who's been sort of yeah. somehow over-promoted and then moved back again. But she just looked to me like, like how the fuck have I found myself in this job? You know, when she was on GMB getting ripped apart by Piers yeah. Morgan and stuff like that. Just that, that to me is like, that's a good comic character because she just regrets yeah, she regrets being a, a, everywhere. But but Nadine Doris, I'd imagine is happy to be spoken about. Yeah, completely. She is and she just always bats back. I mean, I miss the days of Matt Hancock. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know, Jeff, I had a real I have a real soft spot for him. I know yeah. I think he's a dreadful politician, but I think um He's just so, so socially awkward and inept and also at sort of the height of COVID. And it was like they were wheeling him out to sort of um, defend the government policies. And he never looked like he believed what he was saying at all. And I think I, 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 I hear you. I would say he didn't need much wheeling from what I've heard. He, he likes to be wheeled. <laughs> and I submit. Well, the, the, all the photo shoots would probably support your theory there. He, he like yes, and but but he was what my mum would have described as a pillar, like not a guy that you hate, yeah, but just kind of really wants to be liked. I mean, and I would imagine like, you know, the old ass grab thing. I mean, it literally said to you, you know, everything you thought about Matt Hancock, it's you're correct in every single thing that you thought. He he probably never even copped hold of a girl till he was eighteen, and so he's just having power and and it just intoxicating to him, and and yeah. You know, he went out with, with a bit of respect. You know, I mean, he shouldn't have cheated on his did, wife. Did he, go, did he go out with respect? I mean, just from blokes, you're going, all right, look, he, he is a pillock, shouldn't have cheated on his wife, but she's, he's done all right there. You know, she's yeah. quite a good-looking woman. What was she thinking is the main point, really, if we're honest. I don't know. I don't what know, was <laughs> she thinking? Like, it's one of those ones where, you, you know when she's with her female mates, and she's, going, she's trying to, like, go, yeah, but you, seriously, you get in a room with him, and all her mates going, no. Okay, don't try and pull the if you're in their company shit, mate. All right, he's a pillar. Uh, we got time. Sorry, I've kept you for much longer than I should have here. No, that's um, fine. This is, uh, this is, well, he hasn't put his name here. It was Dan, I think. Dan from Luton. Um, so he was responding to something I said about there was a guy whose wife wanted to have a boob job the other week and he, he sent in a letter and he said at first that, that he said, no, they're perfect and, oh, they've seen a lot of action and we've seen it together. He used all sorts of phrases that he, I'm surprised he didn't get a slap, but he got away with yeah. it. And then she went off the idea um, and then, then he so, suddenly thought, actually, I, w- I, w- I think she should. So he was trying. I just said, you, you cannot go back on that. Um, no. So, so this is Dan from Luton who says, it pisses me off that there are double standards, he's referring back to this, like you have to say her body, her choice, but also that she doesn't need it. Like you have to say both of those. <laughs> he goes, but you you can't be honest and or go a why are you so shallow or or b you probably could do with a touch up. Um, <laughs> I think that I think that I mean all right, it's brutal the way that he's put it. I do think that the the shallowness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he sounds to me like Dan has written that after two and a half cans of Holston. He's just gone. It pisses me off about how you, you know, because grammatically I've tried to tie this up. Um, he's right on one level that you, you go her body, her choice, but you have to sort of basically allow for both outcomes as though you feel exactly the same about both of them. <laughs> what, and that is like your body, your choice, but 
you've got to agree with what, whatever they do with it. But that's that's fine, right? That's no, but you also have to say that she doesn't need it. So if, if a woman says she's thinking about plastic surgery, you have to simultaneously say... <laughs> you don't need it. But also, if you want to do it, then that's your choice. Yeah, but he's sort of saying if it's about... Why can't he just... I mean, the shallow shallowness thing. <laughs> Why are you so shallow? Imagine if that was the first response you got off your fella and you was going, I was just thinking a bit bit of the... Why are you so shallow? Whoa. <laughs> fuck. In hell. Um, yeah, I would say don't say any of that. No, your, I don't. Your... <laughs> I, think, I think he shouldn't... <laughs> Sorry if I was so funny. I don't think Dan should say anything to, to any women... No, you shouldn't speak much. Um, you probably could do with a touch-up. I, I think there is a real issue with both these men who talk about women as, as light cars needing a sort of yeah, new paint no. job. Perhaps, you know, maybe just just cat, do a bit of the old Hugh Grants, you know, fumble over a couple of words, go, well, you know, you know, and you can get most things out that way, but don't say shallow or touch-up. No, definitely not. Definitely just go, not. You, you just go, you look, you look, you look great. But why this? Great. But this is the problem, is it? You go, no, you have, you have to either say something really positive about how she looks, or that she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Fuck it, I'm with Dan. You say it, bro. <laughs> no, no, you say you say you look great, and then if they go away and get a load of surgery, you say you look you look great. You still look great. Oh no! I, or what about like when she comes home? Then you go, you can have surgery, but when you come back, I will react very honestly to how you look that day. That's terrifying. But what a terrifying thought. So she comes in and goes, oh my God, you look like you've been abducted by aliens. So that's the deal. You have what you, yeah, your body, your choice. But my word's my choice. <laughs> my word's, you, you could be a leader for the Meninism movement with, with phrases like that, Rosie. But when you come right. back, I will, I will say the first sentence that's in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, do that, Dan. Keep me and Rosie. Once, once don't, you get... don't do that, Dan. In terms of, we spoke about um, your your clips. How can people see your clips and show appreciate? And let's be honest, fucking pay, this is, you know, I'm centre right. Fucking pay you for this content. Jesus. Pay the woman. Well, pay, pay me some money. Yeah. Um, well, I, on, on, I have a Kofi account, which is basically like, pay, I remember you saying last time that Kofi was like the female version of Patreon. Which I think is too um, cautious, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've got a Kofi account. Put put money in there, please. And put then I yes. Get, and then I always get people underneath going, "Stop begging for money." And I go, "That's fine. Just keep putting in the coins." It is weird, isn't it? Like it's another another example of some of the double standards in comedy about women is that a lot of blokes do Patreon for whatever, and that yeah. is just a more formalized form of monthly. It's basically direct debit begging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you do it on an occasional basis, well, no, I, I think I, I think that uh, your, your clips are amazing, and I, and I hope that all the people, you know, if even a decent percentage of the people that are enjoying them give you a bit of uh, wedge, then uh, that is, seems fair and moral. And thanks very much for being on the show, Rosie Holt. <laughs>